Welcome, everybody, to the Road by Road, the garden show, the best dead gum garden show on the radio and the internet as well. Glad to have you this evening. We got Miss Hoss in the house. Hello. Yep. So we're going to be doing a little something special because you know what? Corn is coming in. So we're going to be talking about corn this evening. And uh, everything's been rocking and rolling here at Hoss Tools. The garden is doing great. It's been a dry year, but we've finally been getting some rain the last couple of days. So everything's looking good. So what about Miss Francis? Let's give everybody an update on Miss Francis. Okay, Miss Francis, the um, lady we did the fundraiser for, she is back at work part-time. She's doing well. Um, she does have to have another surgery. We did give her the money that we raised with the fundraiser, and we're going to continue that because she's still got to have some um, additional surgery. So the um, we still have the fundraiser packs going on that you can find on the website. It's called the Francis Fundraiser Collection. So we're just going to continue to do this um, until we can meet the rest of her needs. Yeah. So she came back to work half a day for three days a week. She still ain't fully recovered, got her strength back. So she did come back um, yesterday for the first time, and she's working uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for half a day. And we're going to play it by ear from there and see how she does. But uh, she seems to be in really good spirits. Mm -hmm. we're, we're proud of her the way everything has went for her. So good deal. Let's talk about our garden. So okay. in my garden, my corn is coming in. Corn's coming in. We've been waiting on it. We got our G90 corn, which is the first time we plant this year. Mm -hmm. Corn's coming in. Tomatoes. Did I mention oh, tomatoes? Tomatoes. tomatoes. <laughs> oh, man. Look at here. The Mountain Vineyard tomatoes there. We are overrun with tomatoes. About every three days, we get this many tomatoes. And what? We got two plants? Two. Yeah, two plants. Well, and I have one at the house. Yeah, I got two up in my garden. Jason at Cog Hill told me that he had planted a bunch of them. I forgot how many he said, 10 or maybe more than that. And I said, Jason, man. <laughs> he texted me the other day. He said, I got your feeling, man, on these mountain vineyards. You don't need a couple. They produce like crazy. And uh, and we've really been struggling on what to do with them. So we have a bowl up here at the uh, at the office. Everybody snacks on. We've been snacking them on the house. But we got thinking, what? What in the world are we going to do all these? So Miss Hall's come up with a little something that she uh, experimenting with. You want to taste it now? Or? Well, I can. Yeah. Got a fork there. So, what did you do here? Okay, um, this is just a quick recipe of some pickled cherry tomatoes, and this is kind of scary because he hasn't tasted them yet, so we so, don't know how this tastes. It's so, a two-day recipe. Yes, and you just stick it in the fridge. You can process it in a water bath, and it'll you know keep up to a year and a half. So if we like it, I'm going to take some of these and can them so we can have them for a longer period of time. So vinegar? Vinegar, um, some pickling spice, some onions, some banana peppers, a little sugar. Real quick, it didn't take you long. I was down there when you was doing this. It didn't take you long at all to do it. So I got too much pick. pick just just pick, try a tomato. Pick, to you have yeah. to poke a hole through the tomato. Okay, to kind of let the stuff yeah. in there. And I think the longer you let it set, uh-oh. That's different. <laughs> That's different. Imagine been... a tomato infused <laughs> with vinegar. I don't think that was the reaction I was on. Yeah, that was that was different. Is it strong? Yeah, it just kind of caught me off guard there. It's like, boom. Now, the onion's really good. The tomatoes, 
I'd have to, I, I know better now what I'm up against here, okay. so I can kind of go in, but that's a powerful punch right there. That's a little different. What if it was a little spicy? I don't think it you would matter. That? It's that vinegar, it, tomato is full of that vinegar because you poke You're just not uh, accustomed to having that on tomato. No, I, I could <laughs> see that. Maybe you need to slice it up. Oh, that's it's pretty. Oh. Well, it's pretty, but that's I'm telling you, all that vinegar soaked into that cherry tomato there, and it's that's a woof. <laughs> and he keeps eating them. You try you one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I haven't I like. tried them either. See what you think. Mm. No, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you mm. need a cracker or something to eat it with though. Yeah. You can't just eat that by itself. Okay, so what's going on in your garden besides tomatoes? Well, tomatoes, man. We're wrapping up on our squash, cucumbers, and things like that. Flowers, we still, we plant flowers every two weeks. The flowers are coming along good. I'm using a lot of cover crops this year. I mean, sunflowers are my cover crop. I've got some of the dwarf sunflowers growing in my garden, which has really panned out well. Huge fan of those. And it's time to start thinking cover crops. So I'm taking a lot of my plots now and convert them into cover crops. And I'm planting, one of the ones I planted this year that I have not planted last year is sorghum sedan grass. So I'm planting cover crops in my garden because you never want that soil just to sit there and not do anything. You always want it to live an organism. You want to be growing something on it and giving back a little bit. So we've got sorghum sedan grass. I just tilled in some buckwheat. So I'm in the process now of my cover crop rotation, getting it all geared up and going. And I would encourage you to do that as well. Uh, Okra is still coming in good, mm -hmm. but we're in that transition time where we're, I got red ripper peas cover crop that I need to till in. We're in that transition period time where we were taking, you know, our, our spring garden is coming off, transitioning more into sunflowers, flowers, and cover crops. And you know what? It won't be long, but we'll, we'll be planning for that fall garden. And what about the watermelons? Watermelons are looking wonderful. Best watermelon crop I've had in a long time. Uh, we've been getting a little rain this week. I'm a little bit worried. I seen just a tad bit of disease out there. Mm -hmm. I have got one more pretty watermelon crop. We're going to do another video probably shortly on watermelons. We did one a week or so ago. We're probably going to do another one on those because those really turned out well. Baby doll watermelons I've never grown before. And some of them are getting pretty good size, which is scary. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. really good with yield. How about yours? My garden, I took up my squash. Raised bed garden. Sheila, raised beds, if you don't yes. know, Sheila has a raised bed garden. I took up all the squash. They were you know, playing out, um, just kind of tired of squash. And I've got it ready with some uh, organic fertilizer and some compost. And I'm trying to decide what to plant next. Yeah, I, you, you mentioned you might want to plant some okra. Which yeah, is, I've okay. never had okra. Yeah, I would beds. I would recommend using the jambalaya. Okay, wow. your, your, well, your raised beds are on up pretty high. We built those. We didn't have to lean over a lot. So you need a variety of okra that's not going to get out of control on height okay. when you're there. So I would recommend the jambalaya. Those dwarf sunflowers, yeah, yeah I would definitely go with those. Those yeah. are really nice. And then you could also do a cover crop if you want to. However, I think I would stick with the dwarf sunflowers and maybe the dwarf zinnias for a little bit. I don't like the dorsals. You don't like those? Mm. Okay, we'll go with your sunflowers. How about okay. that? Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to do a little corn tasting today. Okay. What has happened is our corn is coming in, and we grew the G90 this year for the first time. And your mother and uh, Jean Paul and them grew the Jubilee. Jubilee. The Jubilee corn. And theirs came in uh, last week, and they put it up on Saturday. I think 
Robin post some pictures on the Row by Row show. Uh, we used to do that growing up. Yeah, they had a great crop, and they start five thirty in the morning. You just work until you get through. And if you saw those pictures, my grandmother, who's ninety four, helped. Jean Pa is eighty, and my mother is seventy six. And I think they worked till eleven o'clock that night finishing up. Yep. So what we normally do, and there's a kind of a reason for this, not going through. They when when the corn comes in, you you spend a day. Now we normally. Bust ours up to two days. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Because there's just two of us. Because there's just two of us. But when we normally, it's corn getting time, it's corn getting time, you yes. do it. Now, what they did is they did it all in one day. Mm -hmm. We'll split ours up in a couple of days. And the reason for this is because we normally plant these SU varieties, such as G90, such as Jubilee, and the famous one there is Silver Queen. Yeah. All these are categorized as SU, which means a standard variety of sweet corn. Now they normally have about 9% sugar content. But the bad thing about these corns is they they don't store well. They don't have a lot of sugar content, so they don't store well. And that sugar converts to starch real quick. So the shelf life on these standard varieties are around one to three days. So when you harvest it, you either need to process it or you need to eat it. You know, they have that kind of starchy flavor to them. They're not real high in sugar content, but it's something that we, we've always grown. We It's kind of what we prefer. And what is the SU? SU means for standard. standard. It's a standard sweet corn. Now, some of your obsession and some of your super sweets, such as your triple sweets and things like that, honey slit and all those, have a lot sugar, higher sugar content and therefore they have a lot longer Chef life. Chef life. So they can keep a lot okay. longer. So you have more. And the reason for that is is because they go to the grocery store and the grocery stores, you know, you need chef life there. And and the and the uh, a lot of people prefer that real sweet taste. Now this is this is the G90 right here. Right. It is a bicolor corn. And for the first year, we made an excellent crop of them. It's very easy to grow. You will find that the standard SU varieties, such as the Silver Queen, the G90 and the Jubilee and whichever other ones fall in that category are the easiest ones to grow. And, uh, you know, as far as old timers, that's the ones we're used to right there. It's a nice bicolor corn. Now the Jubilee right here, give me a good Jubilee there. <clears throat> there's, there's a good one right there. The Jubilee is a nice yellow corn. Now this corn, I don't know if it was their growth, if the way they grew it, or not, but the corn the, is not near as big as ours. Well, I think that's because those were the nubbins left over. You don't no, I don't. I think this is due to actually a good experienced corn grower. I think I'm that much better <laughs> of a corn grower okay. than Gene Pie is, is the reason for that. I did notice their stalks weren't as, as tall no, as ours. So I, I don't know if it was a, a, a way of growing it or it's actually. Uh, I, I don't think he uses drip either. Do you use drip? I do use, I always use drip on corn. There you have it there. These two different ones. So if you like a yellow corn, this Jubilee has turned out great uh, for a standard variety. And of course, the G90 there. G90 is an old variety. It's been around a long time. I believe the Funks company way back in the day developed it. But it is a good one. So we grew the, the, uh, the G90 this year. Now, <clears throat> the thing about corn is corn is one of those things that are, is hard for a beginner gardener to grow. And I normally don't recommend it for a beginner gardener. Mm -hmm. It's highly rewarding to grow corn because this sweet corn is absolutely delicious. We use it to put up in the freezer so that we have corn throughout the year. Now, we've been doing it a long time. Long time. But uh, the average gardener 
beginner garden needs to be real careful growing corn. Now, once you get to that intermediate stage where you get feeling fairly comfortable gardening, you can start growing your corn mm -hmm. and you and you become successful growing it and you, you're like, wow, this is something. But here comes the thing. You know, everybody that becomes successful growing corn, then you've got the next stage, which how do you process that corn? And this is where a lot of people really struggle at because you put so much energy and effort into growing that corn crop mm -hmm. and you're successful at it. Heck, you're proud of yourself and you should be. But now what do you do next? And this is where we see a lot of people fall right. at right here is they get to this point and it's a lot of work, but you start processing it and putting it in, you get frustrated, you get... You just get down overwhelmed. And out, overwhelmed and you start doing it the easy way. And the next thing you know, you got a freezer full of corn that you end up throwing away a year from now because you never did eat because you never did like it. And that is, that's, that's terrible because you put a lot of effort and energy and money into getting that far. And then you've got a product that you really didn't enjoy. Now that's what we're going to try to cover today a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now to do that, you need to have a plan going into it. Now you need to have a plan growing corn. That's fine. But you also need to have that plan already worked out when that corn gets to maturity and you move on out. Now on these, these SU varieties right here, these standard varieties, when they're ready, they're ready. Mm -hmm. So you have to get them. So I don't care vacation or whatever, work, you take a day off work. When it's time, you get them out of the garden. And that's what we do. Usually ours is <clears throat> two weeks to a week before 4th of July. Yeah, most of the time. It's according to when we get to plant and that kind of thing. So that's, that's normal. And when it gets ready, we take a half a day off for two days, and what we do is we put up corn. We get it out of there. So the way you tell if corn is ready, for you that do not know, I'm going to show you right here. Now, this here is the Jubilee, right? right? And this is the one I grew. Now, look at the difference in that stalk. Now, Gene Paul, I'm not going to do a lot of bragging <laughs> here, but I really would be pretty good on that. Uh, this corn right here is not quite ready. And the reason you look at that, look at that brown sickness. See how it's a little bit green right there? And I did pull that one back a little bit but it's not totally brown. Now this one right here, see how nice and brown this is? Now that baby right there is ready. That's what you want on that corn before you pull it. And pull it is a term we use when we pull that ear off the stalk. But that nice brown right there, that's perfect. When you get it to that stage, it's time to go out there and get it. Now we like for most, before we start this process, we like for around 70 to 80% of our corn to have this right here before it's worthwhile for us to go in there and start harvesting and preserving. And then we'll go in there the next few days and get the ones that have finished up and we'll do another preserving or we'll eat the rest of it fresh. Now, let me show you here. <clears throat> I'm going to shut this back a little bit and we may do a little bit more there. Yeah, kind of makes a mess there. Yeah. So when you pull it back, this is the bicolor, G90. Now, it's got some sips on it and we're going to cover that in just a minute. But the way we do it is when the corn gets ready, I will put me on a long sleeve shirt because this corn kind of the leaves kind of get a little prickly on you. Some people say that that doesn't bother them. If it doesn't bother you, that's fine. And I like to get out there about daylight in the morning. And I'll carry my wheelbarrow up there. And what I do is I go in between the rows there and I pull the corn, put it in the wheelbarrow, and I carry it back, either put it on my side-by-side -side or put it in the back of the pickup because I got to drive it down to the house because we process ours underneath the carport at the house. With a big fan. With a big fan. So I will pull the corn. It's kind of my job. I grow the corn. I pull the corn. And I carry it down to the house. And I shut the corn. And then I sip the corn. No, 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 no. You don't sip it. Well, maybe I just grow the corn. I'm going to rat in the parking lot. I sip the corn. I, I grow the corn. I 
a pulled corn and a shut corn. How about that? Right. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of my job. It's what I do. Then she kind of takes over. She sips it. I help sip some. 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 She doesn't do a good job. She sips it, and then she takes over from there. Now, I'm going to let you go into the process of start with the silk and then kind of go okay, through Okay, well, it. I want to go back to the different ways to preserve first. Sure, absolutely. Um, so there's three ways you can, you can preserve the corn. Um, one is canning, um, where you cut the kernels off and you can raw pack or heat pack, and you must use a pressure cooker for that. Now, I've never canned just straight corn, but I do put it in my vegetable soup. So in a way, I have done that before. Um, the second way is corn on the cob. And to us, that's the least desirable way to do it. Um, it just loses its texture. It doesn't have its taste. Um, if you eat it up in the first couple of months, it's a little bit better. But after a year, you just tend to throw it out. Yeah, I'll tell you what happens on the corn on the cob. We see this almost, have I got corn on me right there? No, okay. but it's okay. <clears throat> we see this all the time. When people get ready to put the corn up, they start trying to cream it or could do whole kernel. They get frustrated. Next thing you know, they're putting up a lot of corn on the cob. Mm -hmm. They're putting it in the bag, just getting it out there, putting it in there. Some people just put shucking all. Shucking the all. They just put it in there and get through with it. Well, next thing you know, you got a freezer full of corn Takes cob. Takes up a lot of room. Freezer full of corn cob that you can't eat, that you don't really care for. And that's the reason we don't do it, because it's not our favorite way to do it. And, and it's not it's not a thing you want to go the easy way out. You want to make sure you're creating a product that you enjoy eating. And if you do that, then you'll, you'll feel good about what you're doing. But if you put all that energy and then put a bunch of corn cobs in your freezer that you ain't going to eat, that you got to throw away two years from now, you just waste now, a lot fresh. of time and money. When it's fresh in the garden, we eat it on the cob. Oh, yeah. The majority of the time. I mean, time. I eat lots of it, too. Yes, you do. Yeah. A few rows. Um, the other way of preserving is freezing. And you can either cut the kernels off or cream it. And that's what we're going to show you today. That's our fa favorite way is to cream it and put it in the freezer. No, it's not the easiest way. No. So, like he said, he goes to the garden and he gathers it and he brings it to the house and shucks it and does some silking. Um but the first thing you need is a good silken brush. Now, let me show you this. This is a brush that's had it. This is a brush I grew up with and probably used this since I was five years old. It is wore out. You can't find these today. Um, so, and I kind of acquired this when we got married. Um, you didn't steal it, you just acquired it. No, I didn't steal it. I just acquired it but it's kind of a, on my shelf of souvenirs. Now, Hoss carries this corn silken brush, and it is the cat's meow. Um, you can find it on a website for $7.99, and it works really good. When you're looking for a corn silken brush, you gotta be sure to get one that's got soft bristles, not too soft, or it's not gonna work, and not hard bristles, or it's gonna bust your kernels of corn. So, that's made in the USA, by the way. Made in the USA. So to silk it, you're just going to use a back and forth motion with your hand. And while you're doing that, you're going to turn that corn and get those silks off. Just a flex of the wrist there. And it's silked. You know, I just did an informal taste test in here. And? And I, this is pretty profound difference. Now you can see I gnawed on both of them right there. <laughs> that G90 is a lot more flavorful than the Jubilee is. I mean, flavorful, it's, sweeter? 
no starchy, and I don't know what reason why. I mean, both of them was harvested yesterday. Hmm. Hmm. It's a lot better corn to me. And I've never grown the Jubilee myself before. That G90 is uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's good mm -hmm. corn there. So after it's silked, I take it in the house, wash it, and put it on a towel to drain because when I'm creaming it, I don't want any extra water in there. So I put it on the towel to drain, and then if you'll set that finger corn up here for me. Okay, I will. <clears throat> after it's drained. Did you show them how you silk it? I did. Okay. You was eating corn. I was eating corn. Okay. Let me here. You can either use a knife to cream it, or I'll show you my favorite little gadget. Okay, slide that over. So, so you wash it first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let it dry. Let it dry. Then I usually cover my table. Because it makes a mess. It makes a mess. Splatters everywhere. Um, so it's best if you use an old sheet, so then you can just... Have you a fan on you because the flies is going to come to you. Yeah. And I usually do it at my kitchen table with a stool. I really like for it to be down waist level. But So you take that knife and you just barely... Now she likes a thin knife. She always wants me to sharpen her knife for her, but she likes a real thin slice knife to do this. And I always go down toward the pan and just barely cut the top of those kernels off. And she cuts away from them, keeps them cutting herself. Yeah. I have got a few fingertips before in my life. So once you get that, then I scrape it. And that's what produces that creamy corn in there. Whoops, hold that. And like I say, this is time consuming. You're gonna get corn everywhere, but the end product it's just... It's like gold. Like gold. We love it. Then I'll turn around make sure I get that creamy goodness off the other side. Now, see here, you're not putting up any corn cob. What she's got left there is no good to nobody. So the what, chickens. The chickens like it, chickens but why we it. want to take up good freezer space with that right there? Now, this is my favorite gadget. Um, this is a pampered chef. And it actually, when you're using a knife, you have to be careful not to go too deep because you don't want any of that cobby taste. This is like foolproof. It just goes right down. It's a lot quicker. I can get this done in no time. Just slice those kernels right off of there. And I guess everybody's familiar with pamper shell. Yeah. And then you turn it over to the dull edge and then scrape the creaminess out of there. And it usually takes about 12 years to do our size a bag. I usually put two cups in each little pint bag. And that's enough for, we fix dinner every evening for my parents, both of them's 83. They come over and eat with us. So that's enough for four of us. Now, mind you, they don't eat a lot, but that is enough. For... And there's a few silks in there. That's not going to hurt nobody. Okay. So after it's, put that back up. After it's cut off, you're going to need to blanch it. So let me talk about blanching a little bit. Blanching um, helps, it enhances the color and the texture and the taste. Um, it stops the enzyme actions. 
kind of preserves a little bit, maybe kills some bit. of that bad bacteria that's causing the spoil. Well, when you blanch it, you're going to um, drop it in some hot water or steam it, is what I do. would do this in the microwave. And um, when you're blanching it, it also gets rid of that dirt and some of those microorganisms, so it helps. It gets the, rid of the dirt or it just gets rid of the Like you blanching peas yeah, and you rinse them off, yeah, okay. you're going to clean them. Okay. And then the heat, when you blanch the corn, helps get rid of the microorganisms. But you don't blanch them in the bag. No. Okay, you just blanch them in like in a pan. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. Now, some people blanch, they'll blanch the corn and let it cool and then cut it off. We don't do it that way. Right. We cut it off and put it in the microwave. Um, now, how I blanch it is I put it in the microwave for 10 minutes on 50% power, stir it up, and put it 10 more minutes on 50% power. While I'm doing that, I'll be cutting some more off, so it's just a continual process. Um, how you can tell when it's done is the color. So this is the blanched corn. It's going to change color, and it's going to be more creamier. Hmm. And most vegetables, like I say, blanching enhances the color. Yep. So then what I do is I'll set it down in a pitcher in some ice water and let it cool. And by the time I get... A hundred years cut off, the first batch is cooled down. So then you put, what was it? How many cups you put in there? Um, two cups. Two cups, which ideally I would say is a good serving for three to four people. If you got two kids, I'd say it's probably all right because my mother and father, they don't need a lot. But this is it's perfect for the four of us. Maybe a half a cup. I thought that was a cup. It's half a cup. So two cups. Two cups. We stand corrected there. Yeah. About a serving each. Yep. And we we put some butter in it when you cook it. I so. put some butter in it. And actually all I do, because it's fully cooked, yeah. is just heat it back up in the microwave. You want to move this out of the way? Yep. I'm making a mess here. Well, now, corn's making a mess. Storage of the corn. You can use those rigid freezer containers. To me, they take up too much room. You can use regular Ziploc bags, uh, as long as they're freezer bags. Um, I have done this before, but my preferred way is these vacuum seal bags. Now, I don't vacuum seal them. I use the vacuum sealer, but I don't vacuum sealer. Seal them because they have some fluid in there, some water. That you don't want to pull out. That I, I don't want to pull out. Um, hold on. So this is a vacuum sealer. I'm going to try to do it backwards. Um, you, you need it pretty clean there, don't you? Well, just go through there. Okay. You're going to lay it down. I'm trying to act like I know what I'm doing, but I actually... He never I, helps I with this part. I with this part, yeah. So you just simply <clears throat> lay it down, turn it to operate, and it's plugged in. Uh-oh. We can pretend, I guess, can't we? There we go. Oh, it is on. Um, and just press seal until the red light goes off. Huh. Now, how long have you had that one? I've had this one probably two or three years. You go through a lot of them. Okay. And voila. There it's sealed. And you just want to press on it, make sure that corn's sealed in there. And then that stores really good in the freezer. And you ain't got no corn cob in there. You no just corn got straight cob. goodness right there, boys. Be sure to label it so you know what year it is, which we usually don't have a problem. Ours is gone. I don't know. I can't remember the last few years we had any left in there. The next when we start putting mm -hmm. up corn again, we, we eat it up pretty good. Yeah. So 
there you go, folks. And the, and the whole thing is, like I said, you want to put up a product that you like. Now, if you don't like it this way, there's no use in putting it up. Find a way that you like it. We prefer the cream corn. You know, find you a good way of putting it up. Understand you got a plan and then get with it. Corny joke. Corny joke? Mm-hmm. What happens when your dog gets lost in the corn patch? Dog gone? <laughs> no. He turns into a corn dog. Corn dog. Okay. That's pretty good. And anybody's willing to use, I mean, yeah. well, you can use that to your church function or your family <laughs> gathering, whatever. All right, I want you to do a quick test for me here. I want you to... I want you to tell me what your thoughts are. This is raw corn. You can eat corn raw, believe it or not. It doesn't bother you a bit. I've eaten it out in the field before. It doesn't have a lot of taste. No. <clears throat> not real sweet. But now that's what Gene Paul was wanting. Yeah, that's what he was wanting. But it's, both of them are a standard type corn, so you would think that the taste would be very similar. I can hear that popping right there. <laughs> that's probably going to irritate some people. Yep. Yeah. Now, that there has a lot more starchier flavor mm -hmm. to me. I like that better. I like that a lot better. I mean, is there a profound difference there to you or not? Mm -hmm. It was to me. It was. I was. That's interesting. You know, I don't know if it's corn grow or not. You know, some of y'all out there making grow some good Jubilee. I, I'm i a pretty good corn grower. So it may have to do with the flavor, you reckon? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, that, that does that is a lot better corn to me. First time growing that, we have always grown Silver Queen just about it. Let me get this out of my mouth here. So uh, we did grow the honey select a couple of years ago, and it was good, a lot sweeter. I mean, a lot sweeter. And we just didn't really care for that flavor as much as we do these standard varieties. They do have the drawbacks. Now, I'm going to tell you about the, the, the real sweet varieties. They're harder to grow. They're not as forgiving to grow as these standard varieties are. But they are the, the sweeter ones have a lot longer shelf life. So there's a trade-off there on which one. What's ones? the Silver Queen that we grew for years? It's a and standard, years. same as these. So they're all in the same category as this right here. Now the Silver Queen, one of the main benefits to us, we, it always seemed like it was easier to silk than any of the yeah. rest of them. I've heard other people now say that the Jubilee same. was easier to silk. There was very little silk. Then the G90. Yeah. Huh? How about that? So there is somewhere. I mean, if you, if, silking can be a job. I mean, if you uh, don't worry, if you get a few of them, it's not going to kill you. How about that? All right, so what about it? That turned out pretty good. I hope we I hope we gave people some information there that they can use. I hope... Uh, if you have any questions, put them in the comments. I'll be glad to answer them. Yep. And uh, have a plan. When your corn comes in, what are you going to do with it? Put forth the effort to make it a good product. Just don't do something to get by with it. And I think you'll be proud that you did do that. So, folks, that wraps up for this show. Thank you for Miss Hoss for being You're here welcome. and sharing that wisdom. Glad to be back. You reckon how many years? When did, what was the first year you started putting up corn? You said that was five years old when you got that. Uh, yeah. Um, I remember being four or five. I'm sure I was out in the cornfield. Now, my job was always silking growing up. They would never let me cut off. Till you got grown. Till I, well, I was married, and we did it before I could actually cut off. And my mother still would come over and help me and. Because she didn't have a lot of confidence in you. No, she didn't. But she it, does it's, a, it's an art. It is an art. And it's something that you really got to get zoned in on that you're going to do. And you make a family affair out of it. It's good. But I'm going to tell you, it ain't. if you got lazy folks in your family, it ain't for that. It ain't, <laughs> it ain't for the lazy. Now, this is it's work. It is but work. it is fun, enjoyable, good family time. And you get the benefits of having a good food product when you get through. Mm -hmm. 
All right, folks, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got some good information out of it there. Now it's time to get out there and get dirty.